and Ziploc that Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap I remember nights, I didn't remember nights I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper Hey, Now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper The absolute truth, yeah, no joke everybody, welcome to another episode of the Trap Draw podcast. Before uh, we get into this week's preview episode, I want to quickly tell you about Precision Pro Golf. Every golfer needs a range finder that they can trust to know the precise distance to their target, whether you're on the tee box or in the fairway. And the No Laying Up team from the C-Suite to the Strat Boys carries Precision Pro Golf range finders. Right now, the NX7 Pro Slope is on sale for $219, and our listeners can receive an extra $20 off by using the promo code TRAPDRAW. By our math, that means you can add the award-winning slope rangefinder to your golf bag this summer for under $200. Plus, Precision Pro Golf is the only rangefinder that offers free battery replacement services, which saves golfers an additional $64 on average. So you're not only getting a rangefinder, you're signing up for a lifetime service. They're based in Cincinnati, Ohio, which I love. Uh, Precision Pro Golf performs all of their quality control tests at Avon Fields Golf Course, course home to my personal best score uh, so if that isn't good enough juju i honestly don't know what is go to precisionprogolf.com use coupon code trap draw checkout for 20 dollars off our favorite range finder swing with confidence hit more greens with precision pro golf and now on to mr jeezy oh mr jeezy thank you once again you are fine fellow folks. Welcome back to the Trap Draw. Tron Carter, how are you this evening? Big guy, I'm good. Fresh off the road. Drove up to Atlanta for the weekend to see my folks. And actually went up to Sweetens for a couple days too. Or actually for, for like a couple hours. I heard you had a big left-handed match against your mom. How'd I that did. go? I beat the shit out of her. Nice. Uh, she shot 60, which was like her personal best. I mean, yeah. That... I shot 45. Dang. Two triples, four pars, uh, three bogeys. And I'm guessing you guys played the same tees. We did. Yeah. Which, did. how fun is that? Yeah. It's really cool. Especially I cannot hit drivers. I'm in four iron off every tee anyway. So <laughs> I got, I got no distance right now. Nice. Uh, also joining us, uh, this is a Columbus, Ohio episode. We had to bring in a resident expert from Columbus, Mr. Solly, Chris Solomon. How are you this evening? Wonderful. Great to be a guest. Uh, any chance I get to mention the uh, the statue that's outside of Dublin, Iowa High School in my honor, you know, I'll, I'll take that opportunity. So. <laughs> uh, I was hoping you'd at least semi bite on that a little bit. Like, really? There's a statue? I I, it, I didn't no, even find it the no, least no. bit. Yeah, yeah. What, who's the du- most who famous is? alum of Dublin, Iowa High School? Probably Nick Goings. He was a uh, he was a running back for the Panthers for a while, and the uh, the year the school opened, he it was like uh, Derrick Henry's high school numbers, pretty much. He was unstoppable. The team won the state title the very first year the school opened, and and then never won again. It was I don't know I don't know what happened. He's probably the most famous. There's not a lot of great alums from Dublin, Iowa. And we got to say Dublin, Iowa, because there's like um, what are there like 19 Dublin high schools now? Keep, there's three. They <laughs> oh, I think they I think they're opening a fourth. Are they? That'd they be they keep shopping up the talent pool, right? Like they opened up Jerome when you were. In, in in high school or right, right after, after they after they opened that so there's a there's a Camden Solomon from Dublin Ohio who that is a golfer that goes to Miami or went to Miami I believe he's currently at Miami and he just won the the Cincinnati Met yes. is this the guy with the white belt it's yeah. the same okay we I told Randy no more no more uh, financial support for the Miami golf program until they swear off the white belts because every picture I see they're all they're wearing a white belt. <laughs> So there's a C. Solomon from Dublin, Ohio, that is, tears up the amateur golf world. And everyone's like, yeah. dude, your brother is playing really well. I, like, I do not know who this guy is, and we are no relation. Him. I know. You need to, like, yeah. But, you know, big, big brother, big yeah. sister program. You should, you should take that him on your It sounds like he's wing. doing just fine without me. <laughs> well, maybe you could be his. Yeah, I'm one. the little brother. <laughs> um, well, awesome. We are, of course, the, the tour is headed to Columbus for uh, back-to-back weeks. They're going to be at Muirfield. Village Golf Club, both weeks uh, coming up this weekend is the Workday Challenge. TC, what power rank the two events for me? What are you? Which one are you most looking forward to? 
I think the the memorial just because Bryson's playing and it's gonna be the first and Cat's gonna play too, right? That's a wild sentence right there. Yeah, the memorial because Bryson's <laughs> playing. This is a, well, this is a new be, world. It'll be Cat's first start of the year, in uh, theory, hopefully. Or 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 yeah, I mean, if he plays, first start, first start of the of the restarted season. But if he plays, I mean, do we? Has know? he not? Has he not telegraphed any sort of? Intel? I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are counting on him, but he might be done with the tour. When does he have to decide that? Friday? Friday before. before yeah. the, the Friday evening news. Why are we dump? talking about golf? Well, yeah, yeah. No, well, no, we're just setting the stage. Uh, before we get in, we're, we're going to circle back to all that. Um, let's let's knock out some stuff. First of all, uh, you've been, I think it's been an active week for you smoking. Smoking the meats. Yeah, you're yeah. smoking the meats. Yeah. Uh, are you trying can, anything new? Well, I went up to my, I was, I was at my parents' place. Uh, they have a pool, so I took Freddie up there because Alex was working all weekend and uh, we did chicken wings mm. and um, did a. I marinated them all in uh, dill pickle juice, which is my cousin. My cousin Trevor um, always recommends that for fried chicken. I tried it for chicken wings. I did three three different types of marinades. Uh, actually, did a Peter Luger steak sauce marinade, uh, and then kind of like a ginger garlic soy marinade, and then and then a uh, like a lemon pepper um, lemon pepper buffalo. So cheat. I need to start messing with the dry rubs. And I'm like stuff. Don Chulo over there. <laughs> but it was good to be back on the on on, on the OG <laughs> Big Green Egg, which I hadn't. You know, that that was one I grew up on. Of course. And uh, you know, it's seen better days. Uh, my dad's got to get. You know, franchise has to get somebody uh, out to kind of tune it up and everything. But best part of the weekend was so my dad uh, bought something for Freddie in the in the in Taiwan at the airport. Like this, okay. like he thought it was like this little car, this little toy model car. Well, we open it up, and and he he had bought this like I don't know, probably six months ago, and uh, and Freddie saw it in the closet. So so we get it, we open it up. No lie, there are like six hundred pieces. To it. <laughs> and, Fre- and Freddie made him made him put it together for like ten hours, and he's <laughs> still not done. It's one of those it. like hobbyists, like yeah. put, put oh cool. My dad was he was so pissed. <laughs> But he couldn't. But like Freddie, it made Freddie so happy that he was putting it together. So yeah. he just had to keep it under his uh, breath. I guess that's what being a grandparent's about. Uh, well, there's something I want to talk to you guys. Uh, one of our, I, I think we all watched it. I, well, I know we all watched it. Uh, was the F1 race mm. in in Austria? So you mm. you are. I, I think you are evangelical now. Would talk to me about your your first experience watching an F1 race. You know, part of me wants to say I wish I could have been on the Trap Drop episode talking about the F1 Drive to Survive, <laughs> but I've never just nodded along to a podcast episode so hard and made me so happy. It was like, oh, they got to bring up this. I couldn't even finish the thought, and you guys were already on to the next thought. You're probably like, oh, these guys are a bunch of fucking wankers. <laughs> <laughs> you guys started out like rock stars, and you finished looking like wankers. No, uh, I am the fastest convert I've ever had to a new sport. Uh, that series did it. It just kind of gave you the info you needed to get interested in it, and you had to do the rest of the research on your own. And I, my claws are in. I'm hooked. I watched my first race this weekend. Talked about it on the on the pod last night, but it was just thrilling. And I know all the races aren't that good, but I've never been more impressed with like a live sporting event. All of the things that had to work in motion together. Oh my it. god! Yeah, it which was, I guess they had a lot of technical difficulties that a lot of stuff. Like I, uh, Buxton tweeted that they had to scrap the whole pre-race show oh really yeah because of technical difficulties and stuff i'm not ready for pre-race shows just yet <laughs> I, I started right at 9 10 and they were off the races but so so what were you expecting or what was the biggest surprise i guess i, I thought it was going to be you know and i'm watching the, you know that series and it's you know they make it really exciting as to who finishes sixth versus seventh and i remember thinking like all right when i go to tune into a race yeah. like there's no chance that's actually that exciting but the announcers do such a good job of following each storyline as it's going as and when somebody passes from sixth to fifth when that happens in golf, that's not noteworthy. But when it happens in a race, it, it is. And they cover mm-hmm. it. And so you're invested in you know what the lineup looks like. And if you look away for five minutes and you see somebody's up two spots, like that means something. So I was really impressed with how much it wasn't almost not at all about who wins the race. Like it is, there's so much more emphasis on everything below that. And that we do not feel that in golf. Right. Yeah. The first stretches there, they were completely ignoring like the, the one, two, like it was. Botas and Hamilton were just like out there yeah, which turning they, laps, and they like their cameras the, and their intention were for the caution. Uh, yeah, we're we're like midfield. Uh, all right, we got to put it all on the record. Favorite driver, favorite <sighs> team. God, I wasn't ready. 
Yeah, start with Tron. Uh, Tron? There he's that stated. Yeah. Oh, I'm all over the place, man. I'll, I'll buy you both sometime. I'll, I know I'll you're start. a Red Bull guy. I'm Red Bull, I think. I, yeah. I, I Just because I'm a Verstappen. Verstappen, yeah. I'm, I'm declaring Verstappen my favorite driver. Uh, total menace. Complete killer. A lot of people. You're going to catch flack. I know. A lot of people out there on Twitter among our followers do not like Verstappen. I can see what's what's the uh, I guess they'll they'll let me know. But what's the why why what's what's the negative? They just think he's uh, a, theory like a, on just him. an arrogant douchebag. Yeah, well, I can certainly see that. <laughs> um, but I, I think he's he, he kind of reminds me of Brooks, right? Where he's just he's just kind of a bulldog. He's is just, he Brooks or is he like more so Reed? Like is he that much? Is he more hateable than we've realized yet? I I don't know that answer. I it doesn't strike me that he's as like hated by his peers as Reed. Maybe is that's why I say but, Brooks because I think he's relatively outspoken on certain things, yeah. and the more successful he gets, the more outspoken I think he will be. And I, I just can't get it out of my head that he looks like Cam Smith. <laughs> like they just like the way that they, yeah, operate. I, I it just stuck with me the line in the series where Christian Horner, who I like a lot too, which is why I think I'm a, a fan of Red Bull, is. He said something like, "When you see that helmet in the rear view, like you know he's coming for you." <laughs> yeah. And I just like, I was like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Like that's right. Like, that's, that's what like, I'm looking for out of a golfer. And yes, so I, yeah. I, like that's that's who I'm drawn to there. So, are you an Albon guy then? To like being, I like Albon. Yeah, I, I don't dislike Albon. So that's why I, I do like Red Bull. I you know. Gunther has a place in my heart, so I, I think <laughs> tough if, start. If Gunther a wanker though? <laughs> well, they certainly were wankers. I so if if Team Haas ever actually does anything, they, I think they would be my favorite. But yeah, and I I kind of like McLaren too. Like I don't know if Zach Brown's douchey or whatever, but I like what they're doing. They they've he seems to have turned it around. That's and just because really he got right crowned direction. by Lando. Well, I like the... Lando and I like Signs. I know Signs is leaving, yeah. but you, uh, I, you, you guys were talking earlier. You didn't like Zach Brown. I'm, I'm cool with Zach Brown. I liked him. I like. It seems like he's doing song. a decent job. He's got a good based band. On... I mean, I like some of his songs too. <laughs> well, it sounded like they got they got hit harder than most. <laughs> they got hit harder than most by uh, the pandemic. They've they've had to make a lot of cuts mm. and everything. Um, I love to see like the emotion from that team with the podium. Like, like seeing that's how much cool. a podium. Yeah. that is yeah. so cool. Like yeah. that that hit home. All right, do you guys got to declare it favorite favorite driver? I don't want to follow you right there, but I I was most intrigued to watch Verstappen in my first race. Yeah, and Red Bull. Red Bull seems like the the best team that's not of the two crown teams. Right. That they're not like Mercedes and Ferrari can't be that fun to root for. Mercedes, it seems like they're rooting, like I don't want to root for the New York Yankees, right? Exactly. So, so I think I'm I think I'm mostly drawn to Red Bull. Okay. You you said off on our Twitter thread you were all in on Albon. I like I like Albon a lot. I, I like Red Bull. I like that. I think that's part of the problem. I like a lot of these, and I can't really pick a favorite yet because I just got to get deeper and deeper and deeper into it. Um, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid. I like, to, I like Lewis ha- Hamilton. I don't yeah. like Botas. I like I like Hamilton. I, I like ha- Hamilton came off really well in that Netflix series. Uh, I thought. I think it's perfect that Signs is going to Ferrari because he seems like kind of that Ferrari. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, shit. I want to love Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. You know what? You know who I'm 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 all in on right now. <laughs> Racing Point. Yeah, that's such a good block. Sergio Perez, Lance Stroll. Oh, Stroll is block. the butt of so many jokes. They got these new Mercedes power plants. They are I, well, they're I, coming for people. Allow me to be out in front of everybody reacting to you. Is of course Trust Fund Tron would uh, <laughs> pick the team. With no, two I mean Trust Stroll's clearly boys. a fuckboy. But yeah. like, you he know, can it, hold his own. It would be pretty interesting to see them move up the grids substantially. There was an article that um, we're in this. Fantasy Formula One, which, which by the time we figure out, you know, it, it, how it works, we're a we're going to be in last place, sure. and b it's going to be the end of the season, yeah, and we'll be ready for twenty twenty one. But there was an article about you know uh, kind of catching back up on all the stuff from Barcelona a few months back during you know pre qualifying and, and testing days and all that stuff, and then the testing in uh in austria this past week and it sounded like you know things were dire at ferrari and everybody was just ready to crown my hitters at racing point huh. so how about that you know. and then mercedes is they seem like they're playing chess and what'd you say the racing points are the the baby what what are they baby benzes the baby benzes yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, that's I'm all in on good nicknames this steering system from uh, mercedes might need a second look this is 
I have they couldn't. Need, they be, need to roll back the steering. I couldn't be less of a subject matter expert, but Christian Horner seemed to be an well, onto something. I was furiously googling the DRS, the uh, the drag reductions. I had no idea what that was. So like, they, I'm like, what? What do they keep talking about? Like, I'm trying to educate myself during the race. It's basically booster juice, is how I understand uh, yeah. it. You can bypass people in certain parts of the course. Shout which, out to Chez. Yeah, right? and Mackenzie Hughes. Yeah. Uh, so that's our that's our F one segment. I'm sure everybody tuned in uh, expecting you know for us to go right there. I'd also like to give a shout out to Williams. It yeah. seems like they're they're making progress. They may Russell still be tied with Red Bull. <laughs> Russell had a, he had a decent race going until the car broke down. Tough scene for Latifi being the only guy that didn't get a point. <laughs> but Latifi was out there running his own race. It seems like they're not they're you know they may overtake Haas. On the back of the grid, which would be devastating for Gunther. It might be the end of Gunther. So, dude, yeah. Haas isn't even listed in the constructor standings. It only lists nine spots. Mm. <laughs> tough, tough scene. Uh, That's because nobody. Uh, 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 although you, I guess Red Bull nobody finished either, right? Yeah. No, uh, Alpin finished. Oh, he just he finished, finished last or yeah. like second yeah. to last. So if you yeah. don't have anyone finish, you don't even get zero he points. He must have gotten yes, points yeah. then. I don't know. There literally it shows a line. It shows a top nine. Yeah, he, he, show a tenth team. That would have been one point then, right? I thought Vettel finished tenth. Vettel finished tenth. Okay. His first ever tenth place finish. <laughs> well, uh, to all the non F one fans, I, the, one of two things are going to need to happen. One, you're going to have to watch the Drive to Survive on Netflix and become a fan with us. Or two, uh, maybe we'll try to put boundaries around these F one. I feel worse segments. for the people who are F one fans that have to listen to us, <laughs> and that's true too. It's probably yeah. like pretty entertaining to hear yeah. the horrible takes on races. Which you know, like I, I mean, every time I hop on Wikipedia, it's like, oh, all right. Nico Rosberg, know nothing about him. Oh, cool. He's like a two-time world champion who went out on top like three or four years ago. Like, all right, cool. I probably need to get up to speed on him. Like, it's it, yeah, like it's learning something new about every the, time. The historical big names, too. Yeah. Um, all right, Mia Culpas. Okay. TC, I, I'll start. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Jackie Wilson isn't technically a Motown singer. Who, who could have possibly known that? So, my fault for insinuating. <laughs> I went into how much I like Motown and... Uh, Jackie Wilson, and Jackie Wilson is not Motown. Although, I will say his manager, somebody closely associated with him, had a big influence on Motown. So I, it's there's a little bit of a connection. Uh, Detroit-style pizza. We, we caught a lot of flag for this, especially on The Refuge. I, I, honestly, I don't know what it is. Uh, and, pe- and people were saying Jet. I've had Jet's pizza. That's more more mea couples coming that way. Uh, yeah, uh, I regret that my phone's on. That's I'm thinking spammed like crazy lately. Uh, That's Jet, disgusting. Jet style pizza. Yeah, well, Jets is like a chain out of Detroit oh. that that you know everybody was like, oh, you mentioned Little Caesars and Domino's, but you didn't mention Jets. I'm like, well, first of all, I don't. It doesn't. Nothing matters right now except for Donatos. Donatos, which just came to Jack's Beach, and what a great tie-in with Columbus. Exactly. Before uh, going to local Milano's, which is just you guys have, still won't even try it. Uh, well, You're breaking my heart. We can listen. We'll. But, so I, I'm side. retracting a mea culpa on Detroit yeah, South. No, pizza. no mea culpa. No, no apology there. Correct. Um, we forgot to mention. I guess the day after the malice in the palace was the big South Carolina Clemson football brawl. Um, yeah, which. <laughs> I don't really know why we, we <laughs> would have been expected to make that connection, but I'll apologize for that. I'll apologize for And then uh, a lot of people reached out. You know, I was fascinated by Manuel Maroon, the guy that owns the Ambassador Bridge. Yeah. Who I guess sounds like the biggest. I think he's a bad ale- Alleged scumbag. Yeah, out there. I don't um, think I don't think you could own the like a big a bridge that big and not be some type of scumbag. Yeah, is my position. Yeah, there was a lot of other stuff. I guess he owned the, he owned Detroit Grand Central Station, that large, uh, that large structure that we were talking about. That's kind of on the way into town. He owned that for a long time and then didn't do anything with it. Um, anyway, I, I I found your discussion with Quinn Kleinfelter. Quinn such a pro. Great pipes, uh, like perfect radio pipes. Um, if he were a baseball player, he'd be Rich Aurelia. Complete. Yeah. It will give you professional at bats. Absolutely. <laughs> Such a pro. And he was so concise over decades. Yeah. Of yeah. Of history and you know kind of strife. Yeah. Up there. So, um, yeah, I don't think we did too bad on Detroit. You know. 
No, honestly, looking back, Detroit's a city I I need to spend more time in. I, yeah. That was part of my problem is I I've except going up to a MAC championship game and and spending one night there. I I just haven't spent significant time in Detroit, so um, I, I really should change that. I'm I'm happy we shouted out Rackham. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the more I learn about that place, the cooler it sounds. Well, so. should we turn the guns to Columbus? We should. See bus. All right. Um, I think first thing, how long is it going to be called Columbus? Mm. There's a there's a big uh, signature campaign underway. I, uh, I hadn't heard about this, but now I mean, it make it obviously makes sense uh, based on yeah. There's a um, why am I drawing a blank on the on the word? There's a uh, a petition. Tough word there. Uh, a petition <laughs> has been started. They're gathering signatures to rename Columbus, Ohio which is, of course, named after Christopher Columbus. They're going to rename it. They want to rename it Flavortown because it's, it's the home of Guy Fieri. Would you sign your name? Would, would you guys sign your name to that petition? Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would. Absolutely. I think I would, too. You know what? I think Guy Fieri is a guy, <laughs> is a person that I, I think a lot of people just shat on him. But then the more you learn about him and learn about the stuff he's done, like yeah. it's like no, he's actually a really good dude and he's very well respected. It yeah, actually, like chefs, of chefs like him. Yeah. Like chefs yeah. hate a lot of celebs that that kind of don't walk the walk or or don't have the the classic skills. But yeah, it sounds like he's pretty. He's got a good good palate. He raised something like twenty million dollars for like service industry people during COVID or something like that. I mean it. I don't know a ton about him, but I'm with you. Everything I, I, I tend to learn more and more good things about an Guy upcoming app yeah. that we recorded uh, Ming with Ming Sai. Ming, yeah. Ming shouted him out too. Yeah, Tolly, uh, so let me put you on the spot. Dave Dave Thomas was also from well, Columbus. This is a perfect segue. I yeah. was going to say, who? Give me some famous people from, from Columbus, like Dublin, right? He like the head. Wendy's headquarters was in is in Dublin. I think it's technically Dublin. Yeah. It's in it's Columbus for sure. Um, Eric Clapton lives in Dublin, Ohio, by the way. I, I'm more of a subject matter expert on Dublin than I am Columbus, but uh, a lot of people, people don't the know the difference. What, what? Dublin's a little suburb of just in the northwest of the outer belt of Columbus, which uh, the outer belt is 270. And uh, that's where the tournament is. The Muirfield Village was there. Basically, Muirfield Village was there when there was like 600 people that lived in Dublin. And now there's like 50, literally 50,000. And it kind of started this whole huge golf course boom in Dublin, and there's been golf courses that have come and gone uh, a bunch since then. But uh, yeah, Dave Thomas. If we're gonna, if we're gonna name it after like a food legend from you know from Columbus, it's probably gonna be Thomas Town before it's Flavor Town. Who, who else do you hear about in Columbus? Well, growing up? Archie Griffin is the guy that's everywhere. Sure. Okay, of course from Buck Tech. TC's boy, two-time Heisman Trophy he's the winner. AD, right? He or is, no? He's like the head of the. He was the head of the alumni association for a while. He's every I, I I've heard that guy speak at I couldn't even tell you how many different things. He probably his whole career is just being Archie Griffin around Columbus. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's probably the name that that sticks out to me the most is. Um, yeah, former president and CEO of the Ohio State University Alumni Association. Well, talk about, as somebody who's not an Ohio State fan, talk about the relationship between the university and the city and like what was that like for you not being a fan of Ohio State football and basketball growing up? So I, I wouldn't say I wasn't a fan because as a kid, it was near impossible to not get caught up in. Like I didn't really know any better. Everyone at school, like if they were, you know, having a great season or something like that, it was like everyone wore Ohio State colors on like Friday, and the Michigan people were truly bad people. Like that's what you you're like programmed to think that as a kid. And I, one of my best friends was a Michigan fan, and I thought he was just like a you know contrarian. But it was it was really hard not to get caught up in. I I, I wouldn't say I was a diehard, but I went to games all the time. I enjoyed watching them uh, play football. And uh, the the season that they won the national championship, like the Maurice Claret season, was genuinely exciting. That guy was awesome at football and awesome to watch. They got crowned. To complete crowning. Thank you, TC. <laughs> By Terry Porter, the, ju the, the back the judge, back judge. Through, the, yes. through the penalty. Yes. Chris Gamble was the best college football player sick. to watch. Yeah. It was he it was good. He came in at a, a, in emergency situations when he was a sophomore on defense. He was a wide receiver, and then he became a first-round draft pick as a cornerback. Went both ways that championship year. Uh, had this sick pick six against Penn State. Like I, even without really truly caring about the program, it was entertaining to watch now since then moving away from columbus and going to school at miami ohio with the two of you 
uh, it like stuck out to me. I was like, oh man, I yeah, I'm not in on this vibe. When <laughs> all these people that don't go to that school like have this weird allegiance to yeah, the school. I can't follow that because I'm a West Virginia fan and always have been. And I yeah. never went to West Virginia, but that was like a family kind of born into kind of thing. But I'm with you. It was a weird at Miami. It was, it was bizarre how many people were that passionate about Ohio state football. I, I should say my, I do not like Ohio state football. Like basketball doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm not a fan, but I'm not offended, but I, I do not like Ohio state football. It's, it's just striking the like like the city and the university are so so intertwined like it, it, it's and I I, I don't I, know if it's I, I like it's that in like ignorant. Lincoln Nebraska but yeah. but those types of cities aren't as big as Columbus like Columbus say, is a, the 14th big biggest city, yeah. city uh, by by population so it, it's just it, it yeah you can't escape it it's I such would, a big school too yeah. I mean like what is it second or third largest public school or something in the country. Yeah, so at least it's it was like at one point. Like UT Austin. And so many people KSU, stay yeah. stay in Columbus afterwards. So it's just this this like ever growing like alumni base yeah. that, you know, and just uh, it's so honestly so much of it rallies around the passion around the hatred towards the University of Michigan. Yeah. Like that game being so important at at minimum I in a, since I've since like sworn off Ohio State football but when I flip on the the big game I will root like hell for Ohio State. I love watching them beat Michigan. For whatever reason that still is, that is one thing that's left over from my childhood. I think I think some of my like true genuine hatred of Ohio State football comes from <laughs> the time in which like going up to Ohio, coming from Atlanta, having watched SEC and played high school football and just seeing how good, you know, and like my dad is from Cincinnati and so he was always like, "Yeah, you know, Ohio football is great and all that." And I was like, "Dad, it's it's not the same. It's not the same, man. And then and then going up there and Ohio State getting absolutely exposed for a good that's that, that six to God, eight that, years there. Those were the glory days when the SEC was just running roughshod over but, the Big Ten. <laughs> but all the Ohio State fans, none of them, none of them recognized it even even three four years in. Like it was the most ignorant fan base in America. <laughs> And, um, it was a tough scene when the when the script kind of flipped like a little bit and they tr- won the national title. Trestle was, was yeah, scene. but like Trestle was running a freaking high school offense. Like he hadn't evolved his offense since he was at Youngstown State, um, you know. And and it's just it was just such a backwards ass program. That, they, got, they got crowned by Purdue too. That, that Purdue game was awesome. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they were so they were so <laughs> bad that game and one fourth down play. I think people are underestimating too, like just how bad the Big Ten was. Oh yeah, for, the, for that whole stretch of like the first ten years of the two thousands. Yeah. yeah, like it was the easiest money bet in SEC in the bowl games against the Big Ten. It was crazy. It yeah. was uh, it was a sweepstakes. Well, let me like, are the Ohio State fans? That bad, or are they just that bad because we've interacted with them? I think a it's lot. both, right? I think I think you're if you're really closely exposed to it, yeah. like you are, especially co- not coming from Ohio, definitely that that like you you can't drum up a, a hatred towards USC fans well, in it's the same like way, when, you know? When a so like when Georgia fans when their team when they don't think their team is 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 great, like they'll be the first to admit it. They'll be like, hey, we're not like. You know what? Like this is gonna be a rebuilding year, and then they'll let's say they make the SEC championship game. Hey, th- like they're very, very rational. Alabama, same thing. Yeah. Um, Auburn, not quite like that. LSU, same thing. It's like they're very rational, realistic, logical about their program, or at least more so than Ohio State fans. I think Ohio State fans, every single year, it's like they have the two best, you know, preseason linebackers according to Ohio State fans. They have. This this new running back that's going to be a, like there's there's zero rationale or it's it's just it's just uninhibited passion versus it's it's just not a very intelligent fan base as far as football acumen. Well, there's it. something I want to get off my chest when it comes to college football <laughs> allegiance, and it's it's the part of affiliating yourself so aligning your fanhood so strongly with your conference. Just I do not understand it. Like I really do not. It's like I. I don't know if it's mostly it's not even targeted at SEC fans but like the clearly the best conference it is like it's very clear what is the point of that flex though well, I, I I think it's I think it comes back to the BCS and jousting like it's all about yeah. conference strength and jousting to get in and if and if 
if a shitty Ohio State team is is always getting in the top three or the top four, regardless of if they've played anybody or not, because some years they're awesome, some yeah. years they're a really talented team. I'm talking more so of the the teams that are, and I've, I just remember back in my college football message board days that seeing of like course. seeing like South Carolina fans with like their signature wouldn't be about South Carolina, it'd be about the SEC. <laughs> it's like your team sucks. Like All you don't right. get to just claim great conference. I don't understand the pride in that. Like. I'm a, I, when West Virginia was in the Big East, like I wanted all the Big East teams to lose all the time. I didn't care about the Big East getting any respect. It helped that the Big East teams lost all the time. Uh, I was actually rooting for that, but I just, it, I don't know. It's weird, creepy thing for me. Not creepy, but it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. But uh, like Big Ten fans have started to do that now. Oh, that for as sure. A, you know, the SEC is not the only, yeah. the, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, they'll go tune in to watch Michigan State play Iowa State because they think that's going to help their, pr- the fractional amount of points that that helps your program if Michigan State beats Ohio State is what I just can't. That's where I – there is a finite number of hours in the day that I can muster up energy for this. Yeah, I agree. It's a bit weird when you're coming from a strength of power. I will say, like, being a mid-major college sports fan, there was some pride in, like, when a MAC team would go beat a bigger-name school in football. So I, I I did feel like in that respect, but like if you if you if you're obviously the best conference like the SEC in the in the country, and and your member yeah. schools are like going and beating up on people, I, I can't. But it mattered though back compute. you know back yeah. in mid two thousands because if you know if if South Carolina you know was good one year, um, and they you know they beat Florida or they beat Georgia or they beat LSU, it's like all right that's a that's a big deal, and it goes to show you the depth of the conference. It matters in voting, but and, like, and then when Ohio State beats up on a shitty Michigan State team or a you know a fraudulent like Wisconsin, I I have nothing against Wisconsin fans. Here we go. There's like however, but like like I I would love to go to a Wisconsin game. I think their their fans seem like they just love to party and. They like they they might be a more they're ten times more fraudulent of a program than Ohio State though like they get they get absolutely exposed in big games. Hey, sorry to uh, interrupt our conversation. Got to pay some bills. TC got to thank DraftKings for sponsoring this episode of the Trap Draw as well. Of course, I would. Uh, they they have markets around the workday charity open this week. They also you know lots of soccer. Lots of UFC. TC, do you know anything, any UFC fighters? I don't. I don't. I don't know a thing about <laughs> UFC. I'm looking on the site right now. They have game lines up yeah. for NBA games that are starting on July 30th. Wow. So you have 24 days to bet. You know, granted, I don't, I don't know if people want to tie up money for 24 <laughs> days, but like the Jazz are plus two against the Pelicans. on. And who knows what the like the rosters will look like. Exactly. You could get, you could get fun with some parlays and, and – yeah. yeah, so team futures too. Yeah, well, they have futures in NBA, NHL, NFL up right now. Um, DraftKings Sportsbook, rest assured, your funds are completely secure. It's America's top rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw at your convenience. And right now, download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code NLU when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign up bonus up to $1,000 TC. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus for up to $1,000. Just enter the code NLU when you sign up, only at DraftKings Sportsbooks. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or, if you're in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. TC, one pick to win the workday this week. Oh, JT. God, I think you're right. I, I think JT's going to win it. Uh, DJ's got me all shook that favorites keep winning, too. Yeah. I, all I right, like, who's your pick to win the NBA Finals? Because looking at the odds, you got Lakers at plus 240. You got Bucks at plus 250. A little bit of a fall off. You got Clippers at plus 333. And the next closest is Rockets at plus 1,200. I hate the Rockets. I do, too. Um, and I can't root for the Lakers. So it's got to be Bucks then, right? Bucks, but I kind of like the Clippers. Clippers have some like they got some that is a team full of pieces dogs. Of series, yeah, yeah. That, that is a team full of dogs. And so I'm thinking like, wh- what team would I like to root for? I think I would like to root for the Clippers. So okay. I'll take them. Okay. All right. Now back to our uh, conversation about Columbus. Hey. 
Can we talk about we, – we can't talk about Ohio State and Ohio State football without bringing up Urban Meyer. Yeah. This, I'll concede all my time to Mr. TC here. Well, first, first of all, first of all when we, talking to, about Ohio State, we have to, we have to acknowledge to Les Wexner. <laughs> He's deep in the Epstein stuff. Oh, no. Deep in the Epstein stuff. He gave Epstein his start, right? I don't know. He's, but he's a sick a be- guy. He's his, potentially his, a very sick guy. His daughter's guy. on the board of trustees at the university when they were talking about uh, whether or not to get rid of Urban or not. Um, his daughter was leading the charge to keep Urban and all that. So uh, I, I think there's some truly craven, despicable people. He, Les Wexner was the primary billionaire client of Epstein. Yeah. There's, there's a, yeah, you know. You hang around Columbus long enough, you hear a lot of Les Wex. He's stories. the founder of L, L Brand, so like the limited Victoria's Secret. Um, Abercrombie and Fitch. Very influential person in Columbus. Uh, okay, we got to talk about Urban, but we also have to set the stage. And like we were very pro Urban in the beginning. Yeah, when he came from Utah to Florida. Yeah. Um, when he went undefeated at Utah with Alex Smith, and you could tell his offense was. You know, it was it was a breath of fresh air across college football. He, he yeah. I, I was all in, and then being in Ohio, seeing what he was doing down in the SEC, I loved it. Well, uh, he had that great, he had that sweet recruiting class with like Major Wright and right. uh, Wandy Peter Louis and um, Percy he, Harvin there yet. Percy Harvin was he I think would, one of his first first few classes. Yeah, he would get there. He Arenthal was later on. <laughs> he, he recruited some bad. Dudes. They had some. They had some like bad. Twenty three arrests one one year. They they had yeah. one guy. His uh, they were they were like his teammate was was riding on a motorcycle in Gainesville. His teammate dies in the motorcycle accident, and and two of the teammates go over and take the wallet off of his corpse. Really? And that yeah, <laughs> not good. No, but then they brought Tebow in, and so then it was all okay because. Tebow was, you know. Tebow was there. Aaron Paul was murdering people on campus. <laughs> uh, he is a crazy, crazy, crazy good coach. I, and yeah. Like, oh, my God. Attention to detail, uh, scheme. He hires, I'm not going to say good coaches because after the whole Ohio State thing, but he hires talented coaches. I think him hiring Ryan Day from wherever it was he was. Was he at Iowa State or – I don't know where he was. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that goes to show you. Just some stats for people in his 17 year coaching career. He's won 85% of his games. Mm. Uh, Jesus. At Florida, he went 65 and 15 in six years. That's uh, with a couple poor years at the back end. Too. Five and one in bowl games, a few national championships. And then he gets to Ohio state and he's even better. He won over 90% of his games at Ohio state, 83 and nine. Across seven seasons, within my family, there's uh, there's two uncles that went to Ohio State. There's three family members that live in Columbus still. So I'm always the resident, the 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 resident uh, Ohio State hater. We've got this whole family text chain, and it gets it gets pretty rowdy from time to time, um, <laughs> especially when the whole urban thing was going down. So, so it's got to be hard for you during the 83 and 9 stretch to chime in too often during that while that's going They got on. exposed a couple times. You just like toss yeah. in like smoke bombs in there every now and again. Though, yeah, I just, I'll, I'll toss in the, the urban pizza gif, <laughs> the heart attack gif. Um, he clearly faked a heart attack to leave Florida, yes, right? Like we can 100%. all agree on that. Um, I'm just going to remain neutral on, <laughs> on all of this because I... He looks like Bashar al-Assad. He does. Like dead ringer, it's crazy for the Syrian uh, strongman. Well, Sally, let's bring you in here. I don't want you to remain <laughs> neutral for too long. Uh, you you got to power rank these these three Ohio State mascots. Mm. Buckeye guy as my favorite, or like least favorite, or favorite to least favorite. Buckeye guy, Buck Nut, and Brutus. And no, I nobody, thought it was Big Nut. No, yeah, yeah, Big Nut. Big Nut. Nobody's ever seen Big Nut and Randy in the same place right. at the same time either. <laughs> So yeah, I, I'm gonna say sick Big Nut it. is my favorite, of course. Of course. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> I'll say the Buckeye guy, and then Brutus. I mean, Brutus is boring. Buckeye guy, at least. I mean, they're they're all bad or sick dudes, but they're they're staples. Like I, that's fun to the check in on. The best part about it is I Ohio wondered. State fans 
at least the ones that I talk to despise these guys. You've cut out all the ones that <laughs> that wouldn't despise these guys. I mean, I, I, and if we're being honest, they're all the worst. For sure. But they're so bad that it's kind of entertaining. I mean, Brutus well, isn't no, Brutus the worst. No, he's, like, he's a non-factor. Brutus yeah. is not a real mascot. Brutus sucks, though. I hate yeah. Brutus. Yeah. He's uh, a nut. I will say Buckeye guy got in some hot water uh, at the Earl Grey, former coach, the <laughs> Earl the Grey um, memorial service. I guess they were passing around uh, some type of piece of memorabilia for all his former players to sign. And Buckeye guy, like, waltzed right up there and, and signed the poster like he was – Oh my god! Like he was part of the team, like part of the family, part of the team. Um, and so I, I, I know he got a lot of heat, even in Columbus, for for that act. Big nuts gotten in some hot water for for certain stuff too. I, I so I did a little research. <laughs> the picture's just so good of Buckeye guy <laughs> and Big Nut together. <laughs> Who's the dude in the middle? I don't know, because he's always there too. Yeah, it's like a trio. He's got the 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 wig. And he wears all the Buckeyes around his neck. They're they're tr- they're the worst people. I. <laughs> it's it's not good. Um, but I almost thought about bringing inviting Big Nut on, but I was like, I don't want to bring him on just to just to tarnish oh, him. The middle guy is Buckeye Man. Oh, Buckeye Man. <laughs> That's somehow the worst name of them. His, yeah. his real name's Larry Loki. Uh, Buckeye guy is John Chubb. And then the the big nut is John John Peters. Peters. I knew yeah. that because I was I was going he, down. You kind of look like he's him. John Peterson's dad. <laughs> uh, so John Peters, uh, big nut. Like I guess he does some charitable stuff now, but he's gotten some flack in the past for making everything about him and and, uh, yeah. and you know all that stuff. Uh, Urban Urban lives on the course at. Uh, at Muirfield, what, on like the sixth hole? It's on the seventh hole. Seventh hole. Kind of near the green. On, I won't give us too specific of his, of think, his location. Right I think now. everybody knows. Yeah, it's seventh yeah. hole on the left side. Um, <laughs> he, he's, I, I know uh, a lot of members say that he shows up wearing basketball shorts. Really? To play golf in, too. Yeah. Not a fan of, of um, gratuities either. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Hate to see that. I might have to, might have to doubt my source <laughs> on this one. No, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying. Our source might have an agenda here against there, the band. Yeah, there's some stories about I'm the, sure there's the some Meyer stories. family. Um, I think his wife is quite the character as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's let's. Uh, do you guys have anything else for Ohio State, or can I steer us in a different direction? I think we're ready. I I want to I want to say shame on Ohio State and Penn State for ruining the CCHA hockey conference. Mm. Well, and the Michigan schools had something to do with that too. Yeah. But, but yeah, that was disgusting. Well taken. That was a, Thank that you. was a great hockey conference. It's gone by the wayside. Yeah, we talked a little bit about it with Butchergrass a couple weeks ago. Yeah, uh, uh, Tolly, let me ask you what are what are some of your most fond favorite spots, locations, attractions around Columbus? Well, so I guess I view Columbus very differently now than I did when I grew up there. Right, and when when that's your whole world, you don't really have an impression of what the city is really like. And I kind of always True. thought Columbus was really boring. Just as a kid, I was like, I you know I'm kind of ready to get out of here. I moved straight to Chicago right after college, uh, and now when I go back to Columbus, I view it very differently. Like the short North District. But and, don't you think a lot has changed though? A lot has Where changed. I'm saying yeah. like as a kid, you that might not have been totally no, unfounded. Yeah, I mean, it, the, we didn't really I don't know. I didn't really have a ton of spots as kids and whatnot. But now like in downtown. So in Dublin, that has completely transformed. Yeah. And I don't know when it's the last wild. time you guys are back there, but they redid downtown Dublin, which was kind of this little sleepy little couple, one or two block area uh, with a library. Now they entered, they put a ton of this this walkway across the bridge, the, the river that separates the two sides of the city. You can walk right across and they put in all these condominiums. They put in these office buildings, restaurants there over across the, uh, what is it, the east side of the river now. And it's just been completely transformed. The real estate market has boomed around that area, and it has turned into a place where younger people live. It was getting a bit dated. I mean, like a lot of the housing was built uh, in Dublin in the late 80s and early 90s, and now it's kind of going this whole huge transformation that is cool to see. And I haven't even seen all that. I haven't been back in a while, but I'm excited to go back and see that. And that's where, like during Memorial Week, that square, like Tucci's is the restaurant that like everyone, just everyone goes to. Hours, long waits. All the players go there, and that's just, uh, of course, go across the street to Jenny's, get some ice cream, which I know you're a big fan of. Well, they're trying to – have they cleaned up their uh, – Oh, yeah. We're good. 
listeria yeah, problem? Yeah, yeah, that's gone. That's gone. <laughs> I got some thoughts on it. Columbus, Jenny's is inferior to graders. I, I would Whoa. agree with you. And it's like twice the price, too. Whoa. Okay. I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> it's not. So I would say Columbus, like Dublin, Dublin Powell area is, uh, I would even include Liberty Township in this. Mm. Um, it's, it's the capital of, it's the worldwide capital of the suburbs. Yes, it is suburbia. Like it it is, is. But but like, and I don't even mean that in a derogatory way. I mean like like even the they do really like they're nice suburbs. Like they do, it's a very progressive, a relatively progressive place. I always kind of view Columbus as like Ohio's answer to Austin. It's not it's not weird, and it's not, but it's you got a big university town. It's relatively recession proof with a lot of government jobs there. Um, and, and you've got a pretty vibrant art scene and everything like that. I think I think when people go, especially now, go to downtown Columbus or Arena District or Short North or uh, German Village or you know any any number of these places, it seems like it's just you know it's a pretty capital city, lively place. Tying into your yeah. Austin comparison, that's that's interesting. Uh, I think what I, I read something on the Wikipedia page that was just like it is the the most prototypical city, something like that. It was like the it, it, it's just like the, the a representation of a city is Columbus. Not like it's yeah. the greatest city ever, but it is like the most like averaging all the cities. It's like that's what Columbus yeah. nets out as like the average. That kind of speaks to like Ohio in general. I feel like is a little that way. Like, I, I I do think it's like an amalgamation of everything. It seems like Cincinnati and Cleveland are on these two polar ends of the spectrum, mm-hmm. and then Columbus kind of takes. Some elements of both of them, and and, and definitely combines it in. Um, also, like it's, I think right right with Atlanta and San Francisco, it's like one of the, it's like one of the gay capitals of the United States. Yeah, too, it is right? one of the gay most gay friendly cities. Uh, yeah, in the United States, I saw something that's like ranked second or something like that. I don't I don't know how that get necessarily gets it's ranked. Like per but. per capita, and then yeah, and then just policy stuff. Um, the, the short north, so. I'll throw out all this Dublin talk is, you know, I learned to hate Dublin. I'm sorry, Solly. Spending time in Upper Arlington. Um, that's, the, that's the big rival. And I think Upper Arlington's a bit unique in that it's suburban, but it's it was like pre-sprawl suburban. Like it's, it's, it's landlocked. very much a landlocked, like planned yeah. community. Um but I'll, I'll give credit, like Upper Arlington, Dublin, Pow, like they're they're planning, and the community centers and the trails and the walkways are are very very nice. It's uh, a great place to live if the weather was better in the winter. I mean, it's it's bleak in the Midwest in the winter. It would be you know the housing prices might double, and that I mean it is a great great. My parents have lived there for almost thirty years now. My dad's retired now. They could technically go anywhere if they wanted to, and they are not moving. They yeah. love it. They absolutely love it there. I'd move there. It's a good. I like Ohio. I like I like Ohio because of the people, and I like Columbus because because of, of the town. Mm-hmm. Like, and then um, good airport too. Good airport, easy to get to, easy to get in and out of. John Glenn, have you ever flown out of Rickenbacker? No, I never have. I know you're a big Allegiant guy. I yeah. think Allegiant flies. <laughs> is that where the university flies out of, or is that a separate? No, that's a separate one. Like right there, kind of uh, right right next to Worthington, up, up north. Right yeah. yeah. Um, well, you, I want to hear. You lived in this in this city as an adult, and that's so I've never really actually done that, aside from the five months that I moved in with my parents. But uh, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe that's what we should talk. About. Is it a place you look at fondly? Your time living there? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I and that's I, I came to the same conclusion. TC, like I, I had family that lived in Bexley, and Bexley's also also a really uh, nice town. So I was always going up to Columbus and familiar with Columbus. It was one of those. Cities, I was like, I, I don't know. Would I ever live here? Like, probably not. And then spending five years there, it's like, you know what? This is really nice. Um, it's easy to get around. It's big enough to do stuff, like, culturally. And, um, you know, there's enough going on. But yet, it, it can be small, too. Um, and that's where, like, Upper Arlington is – I worked in Upper Arlington. And it's, you know, obviously, like, super nice um but where i live like grandview i live there uh is kind of uh more of a young professional uh attracts a lot of graduates from ohio state and and yeah you just get a lot of 
bars, restaurants. It's it's a good scene. How was the coffee shop scene? Great coffee shop scene. You want to uh, shout out any of your favorites? Well, on my on my route to work, there was a crimson cup uh, that I would stop in every day, fill my mug. But then on the weekends, when I had a little bit more time, uh, I would go to one in in Grandview. I, I do like want I do want to shout out my favorite restaurant. Yeah. in the world is in Grandview. It's a little Italian place, La Tavola. I've eaten there. Did you like it? Hopefully you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, like homemade Italian, yeah. very small menu. They put a bunch of specials up on on the blackboard. Um, it's just like the best Italian meal um, I think I've had outside of Italy. Something that always sticks out to me is how, and, and going back to just like going up to Ohio State to visit during during college is like how freaking big Ohio State is. Oh, God. And like how how different that college experience is versus what a lot of people experience. Like you are, you are a number in a, in a it's, factory. Yeah. It's not charming. And that's where I, once I visited Miami, it was like, Oh yeah, I definitely would rather have that than Ohio state. Maybe that's just cause I was so familiar with Ohio state growing up as a kid, but I'd never had the like urge. The towers there yeah. by the stadium. And it wasn't pretty at all to me. Like the, it was just concrete just gritty, and yeah. gritty. And it, it wasn't what I thought of well, and, and like college should look like. Getting around, you had to walk, you know, you either had to walk like an hour to class or you had to take two, you know, two different buses or drive or whatever. It was just so sprawling that, you know, it just, that, that, that's always stuck with me. And then like everything's off of, uh, what is that lane Avenue or, mm-hmm. or, uh, is it Lane? Lane's yeah, the, yeah, 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 the main yeah. one there. And like, you know, it's it's seemingly twenty five miles long with, you know, bars from one end to the other. And yeah, did I know it was during basketball season? But did you go to many Blue Jackets games while you were there? I went to one Blue Jackets game. What'd you think? Our, uh, really nice arena. Yeah, yeah. I not a Blue Jackets fan, but you know, watching live hockey is cool. It's a it's a good sport to watch live. I did go to some Ohio State basketball games. Uh, we had, you know, abroad, again, it's like you can't escape Ohio State. Um, people would leave tickets and whatnot. The minor league baseball stadium is fantastic. Yeah, the new one. Huntington Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're an affiliate. I believe they changed that. It used to be Yankees forever. Now I believe they're with the Indians, yeah. I want to say. Um, the other thing I was going to say about Columbus, which I thought was cool, uh, you can get to a lot of small – Ohio has a lot of small liberal arts schools, and a, and a number of them are, are – Pretty close to Columbus. So, uh, like, one of my favorite golf courses was out at Denison University, east of the city. And so on weekends or, um, you know, in the summer when I wasn't working at school, I would – I would. it's like 45 minutes out to uh, uh, Granville where Denison is. And, you know, you got Kenyon College and um, Ohio Wesleyan and all these, like, Delaware little cool awesome. – Yeah, all these cool little college towns are, are real close to Columbus as well. That's a gorgeous drive, like, straight up the river there to mm-hmm. – Delaware. Where do you, where did you play your golf when you're up there? Well, that's what I was going to yeah. bring in you for the golf scene. I think the the one thing I did my overriding thought about Columbus was it's not a great public golf that, city. I get a lot of questions about where should where should we go and shockingly I don't know a lot of the good public <laughs> yeah. golf courses in in Columbus, but it, it's it is not not a great scene. No. All, all the best courses are are private and they have awesome private courses which can confirm. We'll have you power rank those in a second. <laughs> I, I think the biggest miss that the thing I was most disappointed is um, the Ohio State courses are not available to the public. I was I was thinking you might go there, and I thought if 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 you could get on the Scarlet course off the street, it would make the whole golf scene that much better. And that's a big part of why I would go out to Dennis. And I love the little Ross course out there. And if um, they'd let them take it back and strip Nicholas out of it too. Which Sayota is doing, Sayota Country yeah. Club, of course. One of the how, how do you rank? So the the big ones in my mind are Muirfield Village, of course, Sayota Country Club, uh, the Golf Club, a Pete a Pete Dye course, and then Double Eagle. Do you, you think play? there are any more that that deserve to be in that like upper echelon? Um, no, Medallion gets mentioned. Some I've never played there either. I've never played Double Eagle either. But that's that's probably like the the top echelon. If I were to rank them, I would say the golf club, like where I would rather play. Yeah, I would say the golf club, Sayota, and then Muirfield Village would be my order. Which sounds like a shot at Muirfield Village, but Sayota just kind of inspires something within me. Muirfield Village is really cool. It's a cool theater. I love. I would love to play it just because I've watched that tournament for so many years. But and I haven't played it. I haven't played it since high school. Uh, and it it just doesn't inspire a lot within me. And then the golf club is awesome. I mean, it's just 
it's like mega private, whatever. Yeah. You can say what you want about it, but it's uh, just a coolest vibe, great walking vibe. And that's like how I want to enjoy golf is how they do it there. So I think that's, that would be my ranking too. Yeah. And I was fortunate. I actually played golf club with you. It, it, uh, golf, golf is more fun at golf club. And we'll, we'll have you out anytime you'd like. So. <laughs> and even Sciota, I, 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 the, the tight piece of property where Muirfield just felt too big. And it, it, it it's almost like target golf, right? Yeah. Where you're just trying to hit certain spots. And for my game, that doesn't translate very <laughs> I've well. Played, I've never played the golf club. I've played double Eagle before. And then, which is uber nice, but not, it's not distinctive. Whatsoever. Right. That's what I've heard is like conditioning wise. It's incredible, but the golf layout is just not necessarily yeah, inspiring. It's, 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 uh, it's Weisskopf and Moorish. And you know, like, I like, a lot of their stuff but yeah there just wasn't anything it was big big greens big bunkers a lot of grass um just didn't really stir anything yeah. the the thing that stands out about the the area is this like the second tier of clubs is just so voluminous is that the right word it's just there's so yeah, many there's a ton I mean, of them brookside is one of the courses that they host the u.s Open i really want to play there that, that place looks it's cool. cool you would love that course yeah. Uh, the lakes is where they have, you know, a lot of, uh, us open qualifying as well. Then there's Kinsale and Sayota reserve are two of the newer ones. Um, then there's the, you know, there's Muirfield country club, which is not Muirfield village is so right there. That's always fascinating going there, um, going there and then playing Muirfield on the same trip is like how radically different it is just across the street right. with the land, with the lushness. Mm -hmm. Um, like it's, it's like being in two Far away places. They got the same name, but they're not. Yeah, they're yeah. definitely totally different vibes. Tartan Fields is an Arnold Palmer course that was built, I think, when I was in high school, something back back in that area, which all that got added, you know, in a short-ish period of time. And of course, where I grew up playing, Riviera Country Club mm -hmm. was built in like the 70s. It was there before all of them, before there were even people in Dublin. And uh, it closed its doors for the last time in 2014, which uh, like all three of the courses I grew up playing, this little nine-hole shitty course called Twin Oaks, that's run over and now is houses uh, Shamrock Golf Club, which is like $18 public course, believe it or not, that I grew up playing a lot of golf at. Uh, that one's gone now. Safari is still there. It is Safari the is still there. sick. Yeah. It's the one Safari, that's yeah. it's holding on. And, and that's a public course. Yes. That, that's one of the ones. Right, uh, it's right there by the zoo and by... Uh, Zumbizi Bay. <laughs> Yeah, they, they changed the name. Yeah, it's no, it's no longer Wyandot Lake. No, it's not Wyandot. It's been Zumbizi Bay for a while, okay. unless they've changed it since there. But okay. they actually moved that road and added some holes at Safari, or they moved some holes around, and they rerouted that road. I think Safari would be a fantastic strap course. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, and of course, the zoo, the home of the house that Jack Hanna built. Of course, yeah. So my cousin, my get the, so my cousin was there one time. They were doing, they would do their Christmas pictures every year at the at the zoo and uh she got like attacked by one of like the, the baby tigers or the baby Jesus. it was crazy crazy she was she's fine <laughs> this was like 20 years ago did they harambe the, the tiger oh, no. i don't think they did i think it was just you know just poor yeah you know poor maintenance on their part or whatever but Gotcha. Wild, wild scene. I will say as a staple for anyone that ever goes to the Memorial Tournament is, of course, of course, the bogey. The bogey, in. of course. They Are uh, they open? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, so, they've been through so many I things. They've been through a lot. And uh, this number's been floated around for years. So I just always run with it. Like, they make either a third or a half of their money for the year in one week. And they have this, um, like, big street party. They have bands that play all through the night. They have all this courts. outdoor area, volleyball courts. John and Daly used to park his bus. There. Yeah, he would just roll through, and there's players that will roll through the party, and it's just this big street party uh, every night during the memorial. My family lived like two two miles away from there, where you could hear the music from it <laughs> when you would go to sleep. It's just this absolute staple of uh, of Dublin, Ohio during tournament week. Well, I wonder maybe they'll have the out some outside activities. It's going to be tough uh, tough this year. Yeah. Um, I, I will say uh, my last point on the golf, and and you brought it up, was my two favorite. Uh, golf-related things that occur in Columbus. One, the the Corn Ferry event that they play at Scarlet. Uh, it's always one of the playoff, or it has been one of the playoff events. is exceptionally well run. Uh, it's it's an easy course to get around. A great place to go watch live golf. And then they do the the mega uh, sectional qualifying right after the Memorial. Um, they they switch it around, but. Just being able to get out there and watch essentially PGA Tour guys um, with no ropes and all the access you could want, or like those were highlights of the golf 
year in Columbus. Uh, so anybody in and around Ohio, Columbus, that, that can go to, the, to those events, I would encourage that. What do you guys think about Cameron Mitchell, the, uh, the chef? He's the got all the restaurants. Tour? He's got... All right. No I, I know you've been to. <laughs> Are you remaining neutral? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't have. I don't think I've ever. Marcello. Marcello. Oh, Marcello's is good. Yeah, Marcello's. He's got. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, a bunch. He's got like twenty restaurants now. Can I tell you? I think the only one I ate at in Columbus was. Um, he had almost a, like a more casual joint in in Grandview. There was one, the Pearl, that opened up. Pearl. Yeah, and that's, that's right on the one. strip of Grandview. Yeah. I never went there. That one's really good. Yeah, I've yeah. I've eaten there. But yeah. I, I feel like he just, like, I've, I've eaten there probably four or five of them. And, and then he tried to open up some restaurants in Atlanta, too. He opened up Ocean Prime in Atlanta. Felt like he just stretched himself really thin, and it was like corporate, you know, corporate chef versus, uh, you know, entrepreneur chef. I guess I went to the Pearl with ZB one one year, and uh, this dude at the table that sat down at the table next to us had a Yeamans Hall logo on, and Zach just like starts picking his brain, just like starts talking to him and asking him all these questions, and I just as we went to leave, I was just like, that guy has absolutely no idea that this guy's plays on tour. <laughs> like you, he's probably like annoyed by yeah. Like, this guy How's this kid know everything yeah. about Yeamans Hall? Uh, Cap City was the one I was thinking of. Okay. Is is one of his, uh, and I also have eaten at that barn out in Gahanna. Um, I think it was like a wedding <laughs> reception dinner or something there. Um, I, I guess my thing is, if you have sixteen or seventeen restaurants, do you have? Do any? you have one? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a good point, TC. Thank you. Uh, I just. Kosai, did you ever go to Kosai? That was another thing on my yeah, list. Field trip once or twice. It's I pretty think. cool yeah, science museum. Is, yeah. We always used to to go there when we would get up and, and visit the family. Um, There's supposed to be a great children's museum, right? Well, Kosai kind of is that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's very very kid friendly. And then the only other place very near and dear to my heart in Bexley was the Drexel Theater, uh, just a uh, indie movie theater that I would. There was like nothing better. I would get over there usually take in like a 950 screening uh, by myself. It's where I watch Phantom Thread. God, one of my favorite <laughs> movies. And uh, they just, they I love the movies that rolled through the Drexel Theater. So I wanted to shout out the Drexel Theater in, uh, in Bexley. If I could shout out Enrico's Pizza in For Dublin. Sure. Uh, yeah. Family friends of, of ours, we go. They, my parents still go like every Sunday night. Or not Sunday night. I forget what night they go. Uh, they go there all the time. We Every time I'm back in town, we go to Enrico's. It's fantastic. I want to give a shout out to the United Dairy Farmers. Mm. Oh God! Now you're talking about one of language, the best TC. gas stations anywhere. They've got the ice cream in there. They're always clean. They're always well stocked. They're always friendly. That's more of a Cincinnati thing, is it? Yeah, that's uh, Linder, Carl Linder, the he old. Owned, yeah, yeah, they were deep in the uh, the UDF. Scene. Well, I just know the one. I used to go to the one in Powell with uh, RC Kunk, my cousin. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Kunk. Uh, KSM Sports and Fitness. We might have to get him on the horn for next week. Yeah, uh, Randy used to Randy used to work with my cousin. I drove drove some mowers for him. (laughs) (laughs) Cutting grass a couple summers. I want to give a shout out to uh, Apple Valley Golf Course. The uh, sure, just kind of some of the random high random high school courses we played. That was where the districts were every year. Um, That was where. I thought I'd qualified for state as an individual and my parents left with my clubs and <laughs> two guys, uh, one guy chipped in and one guy made a 40 footer on the last hole to get into a three man playoff. And they had to come back and bring my golf clubs back. And I did not make state, oh, um, which they had already, the coach had already submitted it for the morning announcements at, at school the next day. And so they announced <laughs> over the loudspeaker that I made it and I did not. Uh, so that was, that was a tough scene. And then Darby Creek was always a golf course. We played back there, um, back in the, in the, in, you know, whatever, Kind of more out in the boonies back there. Was that one of the Metro Parks ones? I don't know. I don't think so. That's a, what, what's the deal with the Columbus Metro Parks? It's just like a consortium of, I, I don't okay. know if that's the, the like, exact, like the the Raymond. Did you ever Raymond play the Memorial? Raymond? Raymond Memorial, there. I yeah. think, is part of uh, the, the Columbus. Play and then there's, there's, there's Arboretum's out the ass. Mill Creek. Columbus. Mill Creek is where uh, Ben Curtis was, uh, grew up playing. Or yeah, that's up north, yeah. northeast. Ostrander, okay. yeah. Um, that was a good one. The, the Phoenix Golf Club was one. Cooks Creek is actually kind of a decent little course. I think is the Phoenix the one got... that you're that, that that you see when you're driving up 71 I think Cincinnati? So. It's like south of town. I think so. No, that shut down. The one uh, oh, over is? the old landfill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like no. Yeah, trees there was like anything. gas coming up through there. They <laughs> they shut that down. 
That is that is no more. That might have been caused by the the size of the divots I took in high school were pelts. Yeah. That might have been. It, it was over an old landfill. That 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 place is mega shut down. Right, well, well, don't go there then. <laughs> Uh, TC, you said the arboretums, but I think maybe we holster that. Maybe we got to keep okay. a little yeah. in our back pocket for next week. It's fine. Yeah, um, but uh, that's good to know, and we need to explore that. Uh, all right, Tolly, tough episode to do right before dinner because I'm hungry <laughs> now with Cameron Mitchell and uh, Guy Fieri, Dave Thomas. I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat. And your your meat smoking well, segment. Before we, I think we need to resolve the Jenny's graders okay. thing here. Yeah, What's, yeah. what graders is yeah, far. We, we can <laughs> all agree right, Randy's wrong. Eat, each of you say your piece. Randy, Graders. Graders is, um, and I don't say this because I'm a Cincinnati honk, but I think Graders is probably the best ice cream in the country. It is the the traditional French press style. It is terrible for you. Uh, <laughs> but they have the, the, the mint chocolate chip, the double chocolate chip, and the black raspberry chip are to die for. And the thing they're known for, you get – huge, huge hunks of chocolate if you buy like a pint of, of ice cream. There are big chunks of chocolate in there. It's just the best ice cream, and you can get them at, I believe... You can get a Kroger and Publix. Fresh Market, too. Yeah, yeah they're, they're starting to get some national disto. So, uh, Solly, your rebuttal? I don't want to tell you what you can or should like or shouldn't like. All right? I just would greatly prefer Jenny's. Uh, they, and it's very flavor-specific. I'm a salty caramel guy, and I love their, 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 their the salty peanut butter that they have as well with the chocolate flecks. Almond butter, brown brittle, fantastic. They do have those as well at Publix. We, my fridge is, or my freezer is stocked weekly with Jenny's. What kind of, what kind of ice cream is it? Is it, is it, you know, super bad for you? Ice cream? Is it? I mean, it's not good. Probably. Uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I wouldn't put it in the super bad category. It's more. Okay. It's probably a little more modern than Graders. I would say Graders is more traditional, if you will. Uh, well, Graders. I also give them a lot for, of credit for centuries. Um, why change it? Jenny's has fantastic locations and, and very clean. Graders, the one in Hyde Park in Cincinnati, the one in Upper Arlington is fantastic. Have um, you been to the one in Marymount, bud? Right on the I, right I've on never the been square. to that one. I've oh never been to that one. Oh, my God. Uh, and the one in Bexley is really nice, too. They, they have the old-timey, yeah. And, and I will say this, which Jenny's does not have, Graders has pastries and their donuts are the best donuts I've ever had. See that I just won the argument. If you, you if need, you're an ice cream shop, do you need to do donuts? Well, you need pastries? to send Zach there this week because Zach and White Boy Rick went to some donut place this morning. They get donuts two or three times a week. You need to send them to Graders and and have will, them be the judge. I will I will write that wrong. Uh, two things, Solly. I can always count on you for an ice cream alliance when we're on the road. Always. Uh, <laughs> I I love that that you know after we stuff our faces, you always find time for a, a scoop or two with me. <laughs> and my last thing is Graders has never had listeria problems that <laughs> shut down all the productions. That so. was a tough scene. <laughs> I'm not gonna ride for that one. All right. Uh, thanks, boys. TC, we'll, we'll be back next week to talk a little bit more about Columbus, probably have a guest or two on. And, uh, Solly, thanks for your time and, and insights. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks, Big Nut. <laughs> You're sicko. Favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper.